When you look at an English translation of the Bible, uh, you will often see headings before passages, say, uh, the Sermon on the Mount or uh, Parable of the Mustard Seed. You know what I'm talking about? Now, those aren't actually in the original text. They've been added to translations as kind of informative headings. If I was to put a heading on this gospel today, it would be called The Stomach Versus the Heart. The Stomach Versus the Heart. The Stomach. Jesus is talking about the entire Jewish culture of food laws that define purity and defilement based around what foods you can or can't consume. That's the stomach. The heart. In biblical thought, the heart is the center of a person's life. Morality and conduct emerge from the heart in biblical thought. The truth of who we are emerges from our hearts and is made visible through our actions and our words. Jesus is challenging the culture of food laws to say what defiles is not the things that we consume, clean or unclean foods, but the actions and the words that come from our heart. Now, the food laws are really about being pure before God. But the list that Jesus gives are all things that are sins against other people. And part of what Jesus is saying is that it's a lot easier to worry about what you're eating than about how you're treating other people. Now, we don't have that Jewish food culture of laws around purity. So this passage doesn't necessarily challenge us in the way that Jesus intends it to, at least for its original audience. But it is still an invitation for each one of us to look within our own hearts at how we act towards others and the ways that we speak. Jesus' point is not only that these evil thoughts, as they're called, or sins, it's not only that they harm other people, but that they defile us. Each one of us is created in the image of God, and it is these behaviors which tarnish that image of God within us and keep us from living fully in the love of God. Some of the things on the list are natural human emotions that we all struggle with, maybe like pride or envy. I also love how evil eye was the phrase that was used to mean envy. Giving someone the evil eye was actually meant you had envy. Those are all emotions most of us struggle with. I don't know about you, but the one uh, I was looking through the list thinking, and I was like, I actually think thoughtlessness is probably the one I hit the most common. Like, I'm pretty good at not killing people, but uh, 
thoughtlessness is maybe the one I uh, struggle with the most. But there are other things, other thoughts, behaviors, such as certain prejudices, say racism or homophobia or any form of prejudice really, or ways of treating others are really learned behaviors. Those are learned behaviors that we got from our parents for, from the context in which we have lived, right? You're not born just feeling those things. They are cultivated within our hearts. But all of these things are all beliefs and thoughts and behaviors that Jesus is saying we have to work at removing. We have to get rid of the things that tarnish the image of God within us and also that end up hurting other people. And the work of the spiritual life is to try to remove those things that defile us. And not I wouldn't say just spiritual life, like just being a good human being, striving to be an ethical good human being in the world is trying to not do those things. And I talked about some of the behaviors that we learn, which also means that each of us has to be mindful of not cultivating these things within the hearts of other people. Right? I'm, tr- I'm going to get it. Uh, 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 there's a... Uh, There's a great Annie Lamott quote about how uh, you know that you've you've created God in your own image when God hates all the same people you do. (laughs) It's trying to get away uh, from that. And how do we not cultivate these thoughts in others? And that is especially true, I think, for parents and grandparents, teachers, etc. Because, of course, our children learn primarily through watching our actions and our words. I hope I'm not the only parent in here who has ever said to their child, uh, well, actually, I hope I am the only parent, but I'm probably not, that has ever said, uh, do as I say, not as I do. Right? Jesus is speaking against that. That whole do as I say, not as I do. Like, we have to model those behaviors for others. Uh, We have to teach our children not to hurt others, but they learn to do that from us. So it's cultivating that. As I've thought about this passage over the course of this week, um, I was, I mean, it's real question, right? Like, so Jesus is saying, these, these are the things that actually defile you. These are the things that defile you. Meaning, these are the things you need to try to get rid of from your life. But how do you do that? So I've been trying this week to spend some time each day reflecting back on my actions and my words. to see how they square up with what Jesus is saying in this passage. It's, it's, um, it's enlightening and um, some, occasionally alarming. 
I actually had one instance where I was like, wow, I need to ask my wife for feedback about this because I don't think I handled this situation in a really good way. Uh, so it's, it's about that kind of review, right? What did I do? So, of course, I have homework for you. Um, and when I said that at the 9 o'clock, one of the um, teens there kind of groaned He's in, and a actually said, I already have homework. That's true. Um, hopefully this is homework you can do on your own time or maybe even as a family. Towards the end of this service, we say, send us out the work to do the work you have given us to do. Part of the work that Jesus gives us to do is to examine our hearts and our words and our behaviors. And that's an intentional process. But I want to put a little bit of a twist on it. Because one of the things that I think a lot of us struggle with in uh, Scripture is so often everything is, appears couched in negativity, right? I mean, the, the passage today is all about evil things, the evil thoughts that defile you. But if the point is really about the things that tarnish the image of God in us, we also have to, in our reflections, think about the things that reflected the image of God in a good way. And I honestly believe it is only by following the good examples that we're able to lead ourselves away from the bad examples, the things we shouldn't be doing. So it's an invitation for each one of us to spend some time, and this, you know, there, there are a lot of Benedictine, Ignatian, other practices consolations, des desolations. How many of your families or with your kids do, you know, what's your best and worst today? Or highs and lows. Have you ever done any of that? Like, what was your high today? What was your low today? It's a way, it can be a way of asking, what did I think or act or say today that reflected the image of God? And what did I do that didn't? So I simply want to invite all of us to intentionally adopt a practice of looking at that. And remember, this is all in the service of Jesus' call and the call of God and the commandment of God to love our neighbors as ourselves. So it's hard to love your neighbor if you don't see any love in yourself. So you have to seek the image of God in yourself also and love that and cultivate that in order to be able to see the parts that are tarnished or defiled and not just spend all your time beating yourself up over that and doing the, you know, I'm a worm and no man. My, uh, my dear father-in-law, who was one of the clergy here who died last year, one of his favorite sayings was, guilt is boring. This practice is not about feeling guilt. It's about finding the image of God within you and seeing where you are reflecting that back. And then seeing what are the behaviors or thoughts or actions you have that defile or tarnish that image. 
you've probably heard me talk about the, you know, the word sin means to miss the mark. It does not mean you're a terrible human being. It means you missed the mark. And the word repent literally means a turning of the heart. It means to turn around and try again. It means to turn your heart from the thing you did which did not cultivate the image of God and try again. It's not about guilt. It's about striving first of all, like not to get caught up in things like thinking just about the food you eat and not worrying about how you treat people. But also seriously examining our lives. Where have you done a great job reflecting the love of God? Where have you encountered that? And where have you fallen short? How can you turn around and try again and love your neighbor as yourself?